0: Hello. This is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. This week, saw the death and burial of a very beloved person, a member of Bon Shalom, my congregation, and This person, Beverly Goodman, was her name, Beverly, Bev, someone I hadn't seen for a few years, and the last years of her life were defined by the disease that she had, which was Alzheimer's. And her years were defined, her last years were defined in a way by what she had lost, which was her memory, or a big chunk of her memory. And in her memory... I wanted to reflect a bit on memory, (laughs) because this Shabbat um, is Shabbat Zachor. The Shabbat that comes before the crazy holiday of Purim is always called Shabbat Zachor because we read a special extra paragraph of Maftir, which is all about the obligation that we have to remember what Amalek did to us. Amalek is the arch enemy of the Jewish people, and so memory has just been on my mind a lot this week. Remembering also, of course, the the seventeen people who were who were killed in that that brutal, horrible shooting in Parklands, Florida, and thinking about how we how we remember them and what it means to remember them and also as we confront our own memories so much (laughs) so much and I can't remember everything that I wanted to say and I feel like there is an anxiety that I have, that we have collectively perhaps about memory you know, as we get older and there's those moments where we Literally, uh, walking from one room to an, uh, another, and by the time we've got to the room, we've forgotten why we went there. And those are frightening. Those moments are frightening, especially when we've had people in our in our families and uh, among our circles who've who've suffered from Alzheimer's and other other um, mental illnesses that cause uh, dementia and loss of memory. Because memory is so defining in a sense of who we are. We are a collection of our own memories, the narratives that have defined our lives. And when that's gone, what's, what's actually left? What was so moving about talking to um, Bev's family is that actually they felt so strongly that what was left at the end of Bev's life was the core of who she was, which was someone filled with loving-kindness, who would say every time she saw anybody, uh, I love you, I love you, I love you. She had that that sense of love which had defined so much of her life, in her professional life as a nurse, taking care of people, her love of, of children, of animals, of everybody, really. Of, of people uh, on the margins of society. She always had a great sense of justice and advocacy. And in a sense, those things didn't go, even though her memories of who she really was and who the people around her were, had gone. And so what is, what is memory? And why, why this Shabbat do we, do we have to remember this, this act of betrayal not really betrayal but this act of, of violence against us this attack while we were weak and tired as if the importance of remembering trauma you know so much I think of what happens in, in therapy is uh, sometimes an, an attempt to unblock traumatic memories that we've, that we've covered over so often when when people have been through horrific uh, abuse or been through some very other traumatic events in their lives those memories get suppressed because in order to carry on living and functioning we sometimes have to suppress those memories and sometimes the, the therapeutic world that we go in, into is about unblocking those memories as if by remembering that we're we're able to live more full and authentic lives moving forward something that I that I find pretty fascinating, I mean techniques like uh, brain spotting where we kind of track trauma in our lives when you think of so many people um, refugees you know um, survivors Holocaust survivors, survivors of, of 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 terrorism, whatever it might be, have often come from extremely traumatic experiences. Now, do they fully remember? Do they fully remember? And what does it mean to remember? You know, some of the Holocaust survivors that, that I have have had the privilege of of knowing, as they age and get closer to the to the end of their days sometimes the memories get much much more intense and the memories do become so defining Beverly's son-in-law Tom um, was talking yesterday about the, the the idea that we we get very caught up especially in a place like Boulder with this idea of being being fully present in the moment and what it means to be fully present in the moment and he was reflecting and it was very interesting to me reflecting that someone with alzheimer's is fully is very present in the moment because in a sense there's no awareness of past or future if you, if we if we don't have our memory anymore and we don't have uh, the mental capacity to 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 wonder what's happening tomorrow or the next day where every day is sort of rolled into every other day that in a sense is being extremely much in the present moment and yet that's not necessarily a positive thing so being present being in the present moment is a sort of overrated spiritual idea in a sense we have to, I think have some sense of past and future and so the idea I think of of parashat tamaleik that we're going to be reading on Shabbat, when it says Amalek <Ș themselves> b'aderech," remember what Amalek did to you, b'aderech, on the way. But <speaking in the language> as you were leaving uh, Egypt, korcha <speaking in the language> b'aderech. Which is uh, interesting. It could either be, according to Rashi, it could be he. He happened upon it like a sort of surprise attack element, or Korcha like Kor like, cooling us down. In that moment of escape, we're escaping from Egypt, from the trauma of slavery, into a sense of freedom. And in that, in that place, when we're weak and tired, there is this surprise attack from Amalek. And so this idea remember not not remember Amalek but remember what Amalek did to you and then at the end of this passage, passage it says "Timche uh, et Amalek like blot out wipe away the memory of Amalek mitachat from under heaven lo don't forget very extraordinary remember what Amalek did to you blot out the memory of Amalek don't forget three different ways of talking about memory as if it's not the the evil person however we think of Amalek but what the action did and how it impacted us that we're supposed to remember and we're not supposed to forget complicated it's, it's complicated and why we read this right before Purim I mean traditionally it's because Haman who is the the evil character in the Purim story who, who, who tried to kill all of the Jews in the story is a descendant of Amalek and and in fact every enemy throughout Jewish history is seen as a descendant of Amalek and so we sort of carry on this legacy of remembering how in every generation there have been enemies who have tried to kill us like we have in the Passover Haggadah also but this sense of, of Haman, Haman and the tradition um, the tradition on Purim which is next week when we when we read that story every time the name Haman is is chanted there's there's traditions of, of blotting out his name ooh, ooh. or uh, I remember speaking to somebody um, many years ago who remembered in her childhood they actually used to write the name Haman on their shoes and every time they would hear the name Haman they would stamp their feet blotting out the name literally blotting out the name uh, through erasing the name that was written on their shoes so different ways of of blotting out Amalek's memory or or the memory of what Amalek did to us and Purim is a crazy topsy-turvy holiday so this theme of remember don't forget or blot out the memory but remember um, the sort of paradox in that is very fitting to the paradox of, of Purim which is also about absence and presence um, about kind of transcending the, the, the boundaries between between good and evil that sort of non-dual way of, of going beyond what we normally perceive to be good in the world or blessed and what we normally seem to be bad in the world and cursed and the absence and presence, uh, you know, the classic, the classic way in which that appears at this time of year is that the the, the parsha that we read this week, which is all about the, the holiness of the of the kohanim of the priests and their garments, is the only parsha from where we, when Moses is born until the end of the Torah, where Moses' name is not mentioned and so he's absent even though he's present and the, the the book of esther is the only book of the hebrew bible that does not have the name of god in it so god is absent and yet very present in the in the way that the story unfolds and the way that we 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 become the victors when we we appear that we are destined to be the victims and so there's that kind of sense of of the fullest um, presence being in the in the absence and perhaps the fullest memory being in the absence of memory. I'm, I'm moved and, and haunted by the experience of, of being with, with people who loved Beverly Goodman and, and those stories of, of how a woman who was defined by her chesed, by her loving kindness, and, and just um, having no memory. No memory of past or future. And the, and the fear that I think many of us have as we grow older, the fear of what would it mean to, 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 to have no memory. You know, that awful moment when people are first aware of, um, of having a condition like Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia where, where just suddenly they can't recall information anymore. You know, and, and I think we all have those moments and it creates this, this sense of fear we don't know who we who we would be without our memories, and of course, the the loss of function that we have if we can't remember basic things, we can't really function in life. After after Pesach, after Passover, there's these uh, these holidays that come. One of which is Yom HaShoah, which is the the uh, Holocaust Remembrance Day, and we're already planning that. and And this week, I also got the the title for, for one of our speakers, Barbara Steinmetz in our community is going to be speaking at our Yom HaShoah ceremony in, in April and she has come up with this title which is so brilliant An Act of Remembrance Told as a Reminder to Act An Act of Remembrance Told as a Reminder to Act This idea like, what does it mean to remember in that sense? Remember, remember, we'll never forget Remember, remember, we'll never forget But what does it mean not to forget? It's not just about forgetting the the tragedy and the human suffering It's about making a pledge Not to forget the capacity for humans to inflict brutality and evil on each other And making a commitment to do something that's going to challenge that reality I've been so moved by the activism coming from students, um, many of whom were were part of that Parklands school community, and their friends were killed in that brutal shooting, and they're wanting immediately not just to remember their friends, and memorialise them and pray. You know, there's so many people that are saying they're sick of the of, of prayers, the empty, empty prayers. Like it's enough. Of course, we want to, we want to memorialise those those people, those students and teachers who were killed in this way. but these students are saying not enough just to remember them. We're gonna act, we're gonna march on Washington. we're gonna we're gonna you know whatever our views are, although I, I, I fail to see how anybody can can think that somebody with with a mental illness should have access to military assault weapons. I just don't understand how that can be seen as a positive thing in any sense and these young people are are determined in in memory of their friends to make a difference to make a difference to change to change the relationship that this nation has the sick relationship that this nation has with guns. I wasn't planning on on getting that strong about it but it just it, it's so it's such an important idea that it's not enough just to remember but to use our memory use our, our memory and dedicate the memory of loved ones to, to act in this world, to make a difference and that's what Barbara Steinmetz is talking about and that's what these students are talking about and so perhaps when we are faced with this obligation to remember what Amalek did to us that perhaps by understanding the trauma that has happened to us individually and collectively in the past it inspires us to to live more productive and fulfilling and healing and redemptive futures not to get caught into the trauma and the victimhood of the fact that Amalek did these things to us and perhaps continues to do these things to us if that energy of Amalek still exists in our world but that we use that memory to transform and transcend to go to go beyond to bring loving-kindness into the world remember what Amalek did to you along the way remember that there are so many brutal disturbing awful things that happen in this world and we don't just remember them in a passive way. You know, the, the whole idea with Shabbat, Zachor v. Shamor, Shamor Zachor, the idea that in two different versions of the Ten Commandments, the fourth commandment that talks about Shabbat, in Exodus is remember Shabbat, and in Deuteronomy it's keep Shabbat. And the remembrance is, is, is can be passive, and the keeping is, is active and we need our memories not to be passive but to be active we need our memories to help us to help us help the world that's what m- remembering is and so the idea that we we read this passage right before we go into purim purim is supposed to be even though it's complex a, a very very joyful holiday and in order to go into that place of joy we have to be willing to look at the trauma and we have to be willing to move beyond the trauma. And we have to be willing to look out into the world and see how much pain there is there and somehow rise above it and put on a crazy costume and a mask and, and you know, perhaps get inebriated um, if that's how we choose to celebrate the whole day, although in itself is complex too. So remembering Bev Goodman, who herself had lost her memory remembering her loving-kindness, the core of her humanity, remembering the students of Parkland's school in Florida, and remembering that our memory is there to serve us so that we can move forward into much better futures and that those futures will not be defined by a sense of ourselves as victims, but a sense of ourselves as people who were able to make a difference and to act thank you for listening to a dash and drush we will see you next time